Jonah uh, and read the first chapter, Jonah chapter 1. Everybody knows about Jonah and the big fish. And uh, we may not talk about the big fish too much today, but we want to talk about Jonah. We want to talk about running for God, not running from God. Running for God, not running from God. Amen. Amen. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto, the, unto Jonah, the son of Amittiah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord." But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper, arise? Call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? And what is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. He said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea so that the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood for thou O Lord hath done as it pleased thee so they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceased from her raging then the men feared exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days 
and three nights. Now, I know that uh, pretty much every Sunday school kid has been familiar with the story of Jonah and the fish, Jonah and the whale. I guess it never says it was a whale. It was just a great fish. And, uh, but there's some important things. There's many lessons in the book of Jonah. Uh, I guess probably above all is the lesson of God's great mercy is all throughout the book of Jonah. But t- today I, I want to give more emphasis to the fact that Jonah was running from God when he knew he should have been running for God. And there are a lot of people, I believe, that uh, the hand of God is upon your life. You know that God has a purpose for your life. You know that he's put his hand on you. He called you. He's, he has a purpose. And you know that his will is that you serve him and you follow his will and his purpose. But for some reason... You have chosen to run from God, to run the opposite direction. Now, Jonah was a prophet. A prophet was to carry the the message of God. God would speak to the prophets. Of course, there were no scriptures at that time. And so the prophets were the primary way that God spoke to his people. He would speak to the prophet and they would be the mouthpiece, the voice that would speak the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jonah telling him what to do, but he decided, no, I'm not going to do what God is telling me to do. Instead of running toward God and for God, uh, he runs away uh, from uh, the Lord. Do you understand with me this morning that God still speaks today? He still speaks today. Now, I'm not, I've never heard the audible voice of the Lord, but I have definitely sensed the voice of the Lord in here, and I've heard him speaking within my spirit or maybe even use circumstances in my life to speak to me and to direct me in a particular way. If you're listening, God is speaking. God is speaking. He tells him, Get up, go to Nineveh, and cry out against the city of Nineveh. Now, he hated Nineveh. He hated the Assyrians. Nineveh was the capital city uh, of the Assyrians. He despised them. Every Jew despised the Assyrians. The Assyrians, at this particular time, had risen to their greatest power and strength and influence And they were just so hated and despised because of their wickedness. They were ruthless. They were cruel. They were brutal. They would go into a city. They would kill the children, rape the women, cut the hands of men, of the men, cut their hands off, and then uh, transport prisoners and literally put hooks in their jaws like they were animals and herd them back as animals. Uh, And so uh, there's many terrible, terrible examples of the brutality of of the the Assyrians. And and Nineveh was the capital city of of the Assyrians. It was a big city. Here in this book of Jonah, it says it was 60 miles wide. 
Uh, and so you can imagine the massive size of the walls and of the city of Assyria. It's in now, there's still uh, some of the uh, remains of the city of Nineveh that uh, is in Iraq near the city of Mosul. And uh, in that place, there's still remains there and artifacts uh, from all those many centuries ago of that great empire of uh, the Assyrians. But they were the most wicked of all. I mean, they were vile and brutal and wicked. And every Jew uh, hated the, the, the thought of the Assyrians and um, despised them. But for some reason, God said they are worth saving. They are worth saving. It is a reminder to us that God, in his mercy, sees people a lot differently than we do. God, in his mercy, uh, wants to give hope to people that don't deserve any hope. Actually, none of us here today deserve the goodness of God or the mercy of God. But it is a matter how vile and wicked and far from God and how far in the depths of sin people fall, God still believes that they are worth saving. They're worth saving. And uh, uh, they, uh, uh, they are deserving of forgiveness. And he called the prophet Jonah to go and to preach uh, to uh, the Ninevites. There's a lot of examples of uh, wicked and evil people. Even Saul, before he became Paul, was, pretty, was a pretty bad guy. He even said of himself that he was a, a blasphemer and um, he brought a lot of uh, pain and, and destruction to the church, injury. He was injurious, he said, of himself to the church and, um, and to the message of the gospel of the church. He was doing everything, going from one city to the next and one village to the next trying to stamp out the message of the gospel and destroy uh, the church, uh, uh, threatening the church and believers. The apostle Paul, before he was Paul, he was Saul, and he was a vile and a wicked man. Oh, he was religious, but he was, he was vile and wicked. Uh, and he admitted that uh, when he said, uh, uh, this is a faithful saying, 1 Timothy chapter 1. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He said, I'm the worst of all of the sinners. I'm as bad as it gets. I am the chief of sinners. But the next verse explains it. How be it for this cause, I obtained mercy. Praise God. Amen. He didn't deserve it, but he received mercy. And, uh, and God was going to provide mercy for the city of Nineveh. But the Bible says that, no, Jonah was determined to go another way. God is a God who provides mercy for those that don't deserve it. Amen. Forgiveness for those that don't deserve it. And there may be some of you here in this service today that you, are, uh, you feel... Um, 
the weight of your sin and the guilt of your sin and you wonder if there's any way that you could ever be forgiven and ever become a saint to be turned from a sinner to a saint. But I want you to be encouraged today to know that God was reaching out for this wicked, vile city of Nineveh and uh, if he is gonna send a prophet of God to preach to them, you can be sure that you can be forgiven and there's hope for you. John Newton, who we know uh, was the uh, hymn writer who wrote Amazing Grace and many other hymns. John Newton worked on slave ships from the time that he was 11 years old. He was wicked, he was brutal, he mistreated the slaves. He was so vile he planned even to kill his own captain and uh, but then uh, was sold into slavery himself and uh, spent some time as a slave in Africa. Then he was purchased back and he became a captain over his own slave ship and for years he was despised. He was hated because of his vile and brutal treatment uh, of uh, the slaves. That was John Newton. But one day, his ship was caught in a terrible storm and he didn't see any way out of the storm. And so he cried out to God for mercy. And God showed mercy to John Newton. He started reading the Bible. He started reading every Christian uh, periodical that he could get his hands on. And uh, John Newton became a minister and a pastor and a hymn writer and a mighty man who made an influence upon his generation and, and uh, God turned him from the, the, uh, the vile and the wicked slave uh, captain that he was into a man who received mercy and forgiveness. Amen. Praise God for that. Amen. The Bible says that Jonah said no. No, I'm not gonna go to Nineveh. I'm not going to cry out against their wickedness. But the Bible says that he rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He didn't run for God as God was calling him to do as the prophet of God. He ran away from God. A lot of people are doing that. They're running the opposite direction, the other direction. And God was calling him to go and to preach to that, that wicked city of Nineveh. But he said, no. I'm going, to do my, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to follow my own will and my own desires. And uh, uh, that's what he did. You know, God is still speaking and still working and moving. And, but I want you to know that running from God is much harder than running for God. Yes, it is. Running from God is much harder. You know that the trip from where he was uh, to, uh, uh, to the city of Nineveh was about 500 miles. But he took a boat to Tarshish. It was 2,500 miles to Tarshish. He, was, he wanted to get as far away from the voice of the Lord as he could. Three times in this text, it says that he was running away from the presence of God. He was trying to get away from the voice of the Lord and the presence of of God. Running from God is harder. And he ran away from the Lord. And people are running from God. And when they are running from God, they'll go to every length possible. I mean, 
It's amazing what people will do when they set their heart to go the opposite direction, away from the Lord, following after uh, every whim and everything, every direction that they might uh, think that they need to take. And, and he bought fare to go to Tarshish. I don't know what he did. I'm just assuming that he went down to the, to the, to the uh, port and he just, I don't know if he was, knew where he was going. Uh, I'm wondering if he didn't just say, which city is going the farthest away from here as possible? That's the one I want to go on. And he goes down the line and asks all the different ships and the captains. And he finally finds this one, Tarshish. And he said, I'm going to pay the fare. And I'm going to get on this boat because it's taken me as far away as I can get from the voice of the Lord. I think we all know you can't get away from God. You can't get away from the voice of the Lord. But I want you to know that if you decide to run from God, your life is going to be tough. It's going to be harder. You're going to have more struggles. Sure, Christians, we have our trials and our problems. But the way of a transgressor is hard. It's hard to go harder and further and further away from the voice of the Lord. Don't run from God, run for God. Go in the direction of God's purpose and God's will for your life. Amen. You know, there's always going to be a boat going the wrong way. There's always going to be a, uh, a way to go in the direction away from the presence of the Lord. There will always be the wrong crowd. You can always connect yourself with the wrong, in the wrong direction. It's easy to find. It's easy to hook up and start headed in the direction uh, that, is, that is not right. The Bible says in Proverbs that every, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Men decide to go their own way, go their, follow their own uh, uh, steps and direction away from the Lord, and there will always be a boat going the wrong way if you set your mind to go the wrong way. Amen. Amen. And that's exactly what, what Jonah did. Isaiah 53 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We, stray. we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. We're all like sheep that have left the shepherd and left the fold and we're all trying to make it on our own. If you're going away from the voice of the Lord and away from the presence of the Lord, your life is going to get harder. It's going to get harder. Amen. I encourage you today, make an about face. That's what repentance is all about. That's what conversion is all about. It's a turnaround. Amen. It's not... Getting saved is not about disconnecting with the church or shaking the preacher's hand or going through some religious formality. This is a real mighty spiritual change of direction in your life, a turnaround in your life. Going one direction as hard as you can and you meet the Lord and you turn around and you go in the opposite direction toward the Lord. Amen. So don't run from God. Run for God, run to him, run uh, in the direction of the will of God and the purpose of God.
You know, God may send a storm to wake you up if you're going the wrong direction. You may be wondering, why am I going through this trying situation and this heartache and this trouble that I'm in? Well, if you're not following the Lord, if you're not going in the way that you should be going, it may be that God sends a storm your way to wake you up. It was true uh, here for Jonah. It was true for John Newton uh, that God gave to them a storm to wake them up and to help them to see that they needed to go in a different direction. Amen. To go in the way of the Lord. Amen. And you know, the Bible says that finally, uh, Jonah gets on the path that he should be on. And, uh, of course, the great fish swallows him up. And then after three days and nights, yes, this is a true and actual story. It's confirmed by Jesus himself, who twice in the Gospels compared Jonah's experience to what was going to happen to him when he laid in the tomb for three days and then come forth out of that tomb. So this is not a fairy tale. This is not a kid's story. This is reality. And uh, a, a true uh, story. And so finally, after Jonah's prayer, there in the belly of that fish, then he comes out and he's going in the right direction. Amen. Praise God. You know, if you're going in the direction that you should be going, then he takes your small, little, feeble efforts and he uses it for something great and mighty. Amen. Do you know that uh, Jonah's sermon that he preached to the Ninevites was an eight-word sermon? It's a pretty short sermon, wasn't it? It was an eight-word sermon, and he entered into the city, and he began to say, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. There's no record that he said anything else. Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. But you know that God can take an eight-word sermon and he can turn a complete city around? If you're going in the right direction, you have the, you have the power of God with you, the strength of God with you. You have uh, God uh, strengthening you and empowering you to do the task that he's called you to do. Amen. When you're attempting in your own strength and you're expending all of your energy going the opposite direction, going away from the Lord. You just wear yourself out, trying to find peace, trying to find some satisfaction in your life. But there's no such thing as real joy or contentment or satisfaction until you get right in that place that God wants you to be. Praise God. So he used an eight-word sermon. And the Bible says they start repenting. That even the king repents and commands all of the city to repent and to turn to the Lord. It's the most dramatic turnaround. And it's obvious that Jonah was the reluctant prophet, the reluctant preacher. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want them to be saved. He hated them and despised them. But yet he goes there finally uh, and uh, marches through the city of Nineveh and just says, yet 40 days and Nineveh's going to be overthrown. And he declares that message all throughout that city. And God uses that little simple message to touch the heart of the king and to turn the city in another direction. Praise God. Amen. What does that, 
does that tell us? It means that if you're, if you're going in the direction of the will of God, you've got some wind behind you. You've got some power behind you. Amen. Yeah, that God is, when you're going in the direction you should be going in obedience to God and, and doing what God is calling you to do, when you're walking uh, uh, in the direction of God's divine purpose for your life, when you're running for God instead of from Him, uh, then you can experience uh, uh, the strength and the help of God and He can take your small, little, feeble effort to do something big and mighty. Praise God. Hallelujah. If God be for us, who can be against us? There's no force that can stop you or hinder you from accomplishing His purpose. Just get in step with the plan of God. Amen. I don't know who I'm talking to here this morning, but if you've been wrestling around with the will of God and going the direction and following the voice of the Lord, and um, uh, you, you're going to wear yourself out trying to do it your way. You're going to wear yourself out going your own direction. It's time for you to say, okay, God, I'll do it your way. I, I'll, I'll do what, what I really don't even want to do. I'll hear your voice. I'll follow your will and I'll turn to you. The city of Nineveh was dramatically turned around. A great conversion, repentance and, and a complete about face in the city of Nineveh. And that city was, was saved and restored. And God loves even the wickedest and the most vile of person. Amen. So if you're running away from God and from God... It's time to turn around and begin running for God. I, I'd heard about this before. Didn't know, I, didn't, I, really, I still don't know for sure if it's true. All I know is that if you read it on the internet, it must be true. There's a, there's a term called drafting, or another term that they use to describe it is slip streaming. And people slip in behind a big semi truck and... Uh, it's dangerous because if you get within about 10 feet of a truck uh, and you follow, and that truck is, is taking care of all the force of the wind, that you can increase your gas mileage by 30 to 40%. But it's pretty dangerous to do that, uh, to get that close to the truck. So I'm not recommending this. I'm using this as an illustration today. that If you'll get close to God... And you'll follow in the direction of the will of God. You can slip in to that, that place of God's help and strength. And, uh, and to the place where God will uh, cause your little small efforts to be something that God can use to do some wonderful and mighty things. Praise God. Just slip in there close to the presence of God. Jonah was running from the presence of God. Three times here in chapter 1. He's running from the presence of God. Even those mariners, those heathen, wicked men on that ship to Tarshish, they recognized that Jonah was running from the presence of God. And then later, uh, after God saved them and they throw Jonah in and this, the storm is calmed, they offer sacrifices and worship to the true and the living God. There's a turnaround even on that heathen ship. When God wants to work in your life, if you're running with God and not against him, not against him, move in the direction 
of God's divine call and God's divine purpose. Amen. What a blessing that it is. Amen. I've talked about this before. I went to Bible school when I was just 18 years old, just out of high school. I went and I did not want to go. Everything within my being said, no, no, no. I don't want to go, and I certainly don't want to go to that Bible school. And uh, I did not want to do that. I did want to go in that, that uh, pattern. I wanted to go the opposite direction. I had other plans, other ideas. But I can remember that uh, I, uh, the Lord dealt with me so strong in some meetings that I went to about going uh, to Bible school at Ozark Bible Institute, 1973. They didn't have a men's dorm. We, I stayed in an old motel that was run down that Brother Branham got for $1. It had been condemned by the city, and he talked them into letting the Bible school use it, and that's where I lived my first year in Bible school. It wasn't very attractive, let me tell you. Uh, to stay in a condemned building and uh, to go to a Bible school where it seemed like there was all these restrictions and, and uh, I thought, my life is over. Uh, I, was, I, was, I felt like I was going to be like a monk or something going to, to this Bible school. But little did I know that God was going to be with me. God was going to help me. God was going to direct my steps uh, in, in that direction. I remember right where I was at, back then to go to OBI, it only cost $700 a year. That was the full tuition. So uh, things have changed. But even $700 back then for me, it was, it was huge. It was, it was a lot of money to come up with. My unsaved dad, I remember right where I was at in the house, when he came to me and he said, now, if you decide you're going to go up there to that Bible school, I thought he was going to say, no, you don't need to go. But instead, he said, if you're going to go up to that Bible school, I'll take care of your first semester. I'll pay for it. Then I go to church. That, I believe it was the same day or it was real soon to that same time. And the pastor comes up to me and says, if you're going to decide to go to that Bible school, the church is going to pay for your your semester. Both semesters were paid for right there in the first day. Let me tell you, I had, I had some wind behind me when I started making a move in the right direction. Amen. And God was helping me and the Lord directed it. You know, when you do the will of God and you follow in the will of God, God is with you. He'll empower you. He'll direct your steps. He'll help you. Don't run from God. Run for God. Go in the direction of His divine purpose for your life. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you can direct our steps. You can deal with us, Lord, and you can even change the direction of our life. And I pray, Lord, for everybody in this place today, Lord, some in this meeting today that may be running from you, running away from the presence of God, going another direction instead of following in the will and the purpose of God. I pray, Lord, for those in this meeting today that need to make a turnaround. They need to make a turnaround and begin running for God, running for his divine purpose 
his divine calling. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are with us. And you can even use our small efforts to do some amazing things if we're going in the right direction, if we're following your purpose. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's stand together, everybody.